Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sharad, and this is episode 26. In this episode, I will be interviewing Anthony Oliveira. Uh, He is the owner of Trigger Warning Conjugate, which is an online coaching and apparel business. He's an elite-level powerlifter. His numbers at 220 body weight. Total was 2105 at 242, 2364 at 275, 2502. This guy is an amazing person, amazing coach, and I hope y'all enjoy it as much as I can. Now, let's get clean. Hello. Hey, Anthony. What's up, man? I had another mic, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Does this, uh, <clears throat> Are we live right now? Is this going on right now? Yeah, I mean, it's live, but, you know, it's it's recorded. I upload it later. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you chop, like, do you chop down this part, or will this be part of it? Yeah, this is part, like, I, I don't really edit myself. Like, I told you, it's just, it's just okay. raw. <laughs> Words. Well, um, here we are. But if there's anything you, you know, don't want me to include specifically, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. But no, I man, just kind of upload it. I'm not a, uh. Worry about cursing and shit like that. <laughs> hey, you okay. want to listen? You want to listen? That's that's my that's my thought process. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Uh, what's up? Yeah. Uh, so Anthony Oliveira. Um, so I am a multiply powerlifter. Uh, I'm also a coach for powerlifters. I've been. Uh, let's see, I've been coaching people my whole life, um, but just specifically powerlifting the past, maybe five years, six years, um, excuse me. And I coached, uh, like hockey my whole life growing up. Uh, so I was actually, uh, the youngest level four, uh, certified ice hockey coach in like the history of the state where I'm from, New Hampshire. So it was like, uh, oh, I, was wow. like I was 14 and I had the certifications to coach like <laughs> junior hockey and all that stuff. So um, I've been a coach forever. My dad was a coach. Um, mm-hmm. So I like kind of picked up the love of it from him. Right. Um, but yeah, so now I, uh, my business is called Trigger Warning Conjugate. And it's basically uh, right now it's like more or less all online coaching. Um, right. But that's more just based on location. Mm. than anything else but uh when it kind of started it was more like um you know i was in a gym and that's kind of like where i built my first like group of people that i was coaching by myself without like the guidance of the guy who took me on um Mm. and then that sort of evolved into when i moved to ohio it kind of evolved into an online thing and then it sort of like you know organically has really grown to to something pretty cool so um I love what I do, man. I'm, I feel, you know, I don't use the word blessed, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm fortunate uh, that my hard work has, has paid off in a way where I get to do something that I, I fucking love, you know, every day of my life. Um, uh, and I don't have a boss, which is also fucking sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, you t- it says on your thing it's an apparel company, too. So, you know, tell everybody about that, you know, plug yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we do like t-shirts hats sweatshirts sweatpants you know like the whole thing um we kind of it kind of just started it was just it was training at first and then um uh 
uh, I had someone had one of my buddies like draw up a logo for me <clears throat> and uh, this kid I used to like make music with and he came up with the globe logo with the chain and um, one of my clients had kind of come up with the name the trigger warning conjugate and um, hmm. and you know stay hated kind of just like uh, the tag <laughs> the tagline kind of just like came from the fact that uh, you know where we originally built the group that I was coaching, like we weren't super well liked, um, just based on the fact that, you know, we had some equipped people, um, lots of, you know, the specialty bars. I felt I feel like conjugate hadn't really caught on as much as it has now then. Mm -hmm. Um, so we kind of caught some shit. Uh, and I liked the idea of, you know, like the idea behind stay hated is just like, you know, no matter what you do, it doesn't matter who you are, what you do. People are going to hate on you no matter what. Yeah. So you might as well just do what you enjoy right. um, and, and, fu and fuck the world, basically. And so um, that's kind of like the vibe because um, I've dealt with that a lot with my lifting and my personal life and stuff. So I like it. And people have really bought into the fact that um, when you have that mentality, you are free of worrying about judgment from other people. So if you just accept the fact that people are not going to like you, like some people are not going to like you no matter what you do. Like there are people who don't mm -hmm. like Mother Teresa. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right, right. That's just like how it is. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, can't so, please everybody. Yeah, you can't please everybody. So you might as well like make sure you're pleasing your fucking self. And, and it, it creates a situation where you're free to um, express yourself and, and, and train how you like and do what you enjoy. Uh, without that, like, you know, cloud over your shoulder of like fear, being fearful of like other people judging you because it's going to happen either way. Right. So, um, how did you get into powerlifting? Uh, so <clears throat> I was a, uh, an athlete my whole life. You know, I, um, you know, I played hockey for 13 years. I played at a high level. I played juniors, college, all that stuff. So I always kind of lifted weights. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always, I, I kind of didn't really like lifting weights, to be honest with you, when I was an mm. athlete. Uh, I did not enjoy the weight room at all. I was a goalie for hockey, so I was kind of an outlier anyway. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was a big partier, to be honest with you. You know, I partied a lot. I liked, you know, I liked getting fucked up. I liked taking drugs and whatever. And um, mm. so I found myself with a with a nice little drug habit. So, um <laughs> You know, I was I, I, at my worst, I was 147 pounds. That was the lightest I ever saw on the scale. Um, and uh, this year I was I was 10 years uh, clean off of opiates. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So it was a mess for a minute. But uh, how did that happen? Was it like an injury and you got prescribed them? No, well, yeah. I mean, like I always like to party. Right. So it was like I was down mm. for, for whatever somebody would put on the table. But, oh, okay. uh, you know, the injuries, I broke my foot. Uh, skateboarding wow. and and that kind of like pushed me in a direction where I had a lot of access to pharmaceuticals and you know my mother uh, is is sick and has has uh, MS so she always had mm -hmm. pills in the house and I was just like a piece of shit drug addict dude and I can totally own that wow. um, so you know I, I'm not proud of those things but they you know those situations made me who I am today so. Um, oh, 10 years i mean proud of that yeah 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 so you know it's something that i i like telling people about that because it's a good gauge on where they're at because if you tell someone you're a recovered drug addict and it's been 10 years 
and they look at you and they raise your their eyebrow. Well, it's like, well, all right, cool, man. You judge me on that. So I don't have to waste any fucking energy on you. <laughs> and, you know, and if they give and if they say, you know, congratulations or a oh, while, wow, you know, that's great. Then, you know, that they, you know, understand the struggle or whatever. So basically when I first uh, cleaned up, um, I just didn't, I, I finally like looked at myself and I'm like, man, I'm like skinny fat. Like this sucks. Mm. Like I look like shit, you know? And, um, so I just started like going to planet fitness and just basically I took like one of my old training books, uh, that I had written stuff down in from like when I was in college and, uh, just started like following that and then kind of evolved into like a gym bro sort of situation where it was like chest day, arm day, back day, um, that sort of thing. And then, um, uh, from there, uh, kind of evolved into, I switched to like kind of a, you know, like a, it was a health gym, but it was one that actually had barbells from like the planet fitness. I switched over to a place that so actually like had, an LA fitness type. Uh, yeah. Like not as big, not as commercial, but like, if you can imagine an LA fitness that was owned by like the local hospital, basically it was like right, a right. Health, health and wellness place. And, and so they had, but they had barbells and they had, you know, a squat rack or whatever, as shitty as it may be. Um, <laughs> And I went in there and I just started doing uh, like a five by five program where basically, you know, I went through that stage where I wasn't sure if I was at this point, I was sitting at like 200 pounds and I was kind of, you know, didn't know if I wanted to do the aesthetics thing. I knew I wanted to compete at something because I'm competitive and I just, you know, I had missed that. Um, And I, I didn't know if I wanted to go to a, you know, an aesthetics thing, or if I wanted to go strength. So I started dieting, I started doing fasted cardio, I started doing all this stuff. And I went in one day and I I tried to pull like four plates for a set of five, which was usually pretty easy. And I got it for two or three and then missed one. And I was like, fuck this. I don't want to diet anymore. I want to be strong. (laughs) I I just want to get as strong as I can. So it was like pizza and gummy bears. And, um, and, and basically what I did was I did a lot of stuff wrong, but I did some stuff right kind of on accident. What happened was I was running this, it was a five by five program. So the way it was explained, I never read uh, starting strength at the, at the time. It was just, uh, someone had explained it to me. So basically it was two days, an A day and a B day. And A day was uh, squat, what was it? Squat, bench, bent over row. And then the other day was squat, deadlift overhead press and mm-hmm. so one day would be aba or one week would be aba and the next week would be bab just monday wednesday friday and basically you just add five pounds you do five sets of five of all of the exercises uh add five pounds each week the only difference was the deadlift i would do it was one set of five right and you would add five pounds mm-hmm. each, each time you did it so you're adding 15 pounds to your because you're squatting three times a week so you're adding 15 pounds to your squat every week so you had to start pretty pretty low and what happened was if you if you missed a weight let's say you could only get four sets or whatever what you do is you just try it again the next time and if you miss it twice then you back down i think it was like 20 pounds and start back over so what i started doing was just because like to me like the oldest bro trick in the world right is like muscle confusion right it's like guys that was like a thing that people talked about right so (laughs) i was like all right well if I'm missing this, maybe I'm just too used to doing, I didn't know that I was like, (laughs) you know, I didn't know that I was like, I was in the right, taking the right steps with like, you know, I was, I was accommodating to that. You know what I mean? And I had to, I had Mm -hmm. to change shit. 
But what I would do is I'd be like, all right, so I've missed this. So let's say I back squatted and I'd missed reps twice and I'd gone down a weight, worked back up and, and, and still missed it again. I would switch the variation. So I would just go to like a front squat and then I would do that right. same program until, and I did that with everything. So uh, overhead press, I started missing stuff. I started doing seated over press. I'd change it. And then, you know, there was like months on like months on end where I was doing reverse grip benching because I didn't know many other variations of anything. So I was like, I mm. keep missing bench. So I'm just going to do a reverse grip and whatever. Um, and over time, you know, I built up to, you know, like a 500 pound squat. I was like, you know, 200 pounds or whatever. Um, a three plate bench. And I think I pulled. How up. tall are you? I'm like five, eight. I think I was oh. five nine at one point, but now I'm five eight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they get some traction going. Yeah, Damn, yeah, a whole inch. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think I got so used to telling people when I played hockey that I was five nine. Actually, my my uh, fresh, my freshman year in in college, in the they always boost your stats in the like little pamphlet they hand out. I was like six one two thirty. In the, in that's the program, what they, that's what they used to put me for basketball. They put me at six one. They were trying to put me at six one. My like, bro, I'm five ten. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep it real. Yeah, because if I lock up somebody taller than me, it looks good. Yeah. They gonna know I'm not six foot when I walk. I'm five ten flat every day. That's it. Yeah, so <laughs> I am short. So yeah, they kind of like they boosted it there. But yeah, so then from there, I just kind of um, uh, I did my first meet. You know, kind of like. You know, I, I found this, uh, what was the article? It was a Syed Fitness article. And I'm pretty sure it's still like, you know, bouncing around somewhere. It's just basically like a dumbed down conjugate system. And hmm. um, the accessories were same, were the same uh, week to week um, just because it was easier, I guess. I didn't really know what, I, what the fuck I was doing. But I basically did like a percentage-based, um, the max effort day. So my max effort day might be, you know, I would basically look and be like, okay, I'm 10 weeks out from this meet. I know two weeks before the meet, I want to hit like 95% for a double. So I would mm -hmm. just go back and I would just be like, you know, one week was squat, one week was deadlift. So I would just go back and be like, all right, so I'm going to do five sets of two at 95%. The week before that, I'm going to do five sets of two at 90%. And I just kind of worked my way back. I did the same thing in my deadlift and my bench. And, you know, that built me up to a... Uh, uh, running that stuff, I think I did like a 525, uh, 330, and a 600 um, pull uh, at, at 220 raw bare knee. Um, wow. Yeah, and then uh, uh, from there, uh, you know, I got invited to train at this gym up there, one-to-one -one fitness, and I kind of worked my way into a situation where I was interning for him. Uh, I was supposed to be an eight week internship that had no, he told me straight up. He's like, there is not an opportunity for you to work here as a paid position. Um, I believe it was four weeks into an eight week internship. He offered me a job because he like, I, I just was so passionate about it. I just loved it. You know, at the time I was working a full-time job that was 40 minutes away and I was interning up there 20 hours a week. Like, you know, he could see that I was about it. You know what I mean? Like, right. um, and from there he was a West side certified gym. So that's, oh, wow. yeah. So that's when I kind of got introduced to using bands and using the specialty bars I had never used before. And, um, just kind of, you know, from there it kind of evolved into, that's how I first learned, you know, the, the true like conjugate method, I guess you could say. All right. Mm. Um, so how did you end up at Westside from that gym? 
Uh, so let's see. So I did a couple. I did a couple raw meets under Brian Brian Silfies. That's the guy who owns One to One Fitness. Um, I did a couple okay. meets under him. I think my best raw stuff was uh, six fifty five in knee wraps. I benched like three thirty and pulled six ten. All at two twenty. Um, you know, drug tested or whatever. Um, right. This was years and years ago. So, and then um, I cut to. I cut to 198 for a meet, um, which was crazy. That's what I'm trying to do. I cut, yeah, dude. I'm 228 right now. So <laughs> yeah, know. so that's that's <laughs> roughly where I was at. I was like, I wa- I usually walked around at like 230 um, to make a cut right. to 220, but I was like, hey, the you know at the time, you know the drug tested world record was like 700 or something, and I was like, well, I've squatted 655 at 220. I think I can squat seven at 198. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So I, you know, like I, I didn't know. Um, and so I dropped, I cut to 198, squatted 675 with a little help out of the bottom, but they gave it to me anyway. And then I bombed on bench. But um, two days after that, we had set up a trip to go to Westside to visit because Brian was, you know, had, was in contact with Louie. At the time, if you were a Westside certified gym, which they've since pulled all those certifications, um, you could you were like in contact with the gym like when he took the test there were a couple answers that they weren't really sure on so louis called him on the phone and was like what did you mean by this Mm. um so you know we went out there to visit and two days after that meet i put on a canvas for the first time i had never put on a canvas before i had squatted in a single ply set of briefs one time uh, I put on a canvas and squatted 705. And- the single ply is just the briefs? Like the Predators? Uh, yeah, no, single ply. So Predators are generally two plies. Um, but yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put on like a Centurion uh, single ply squat suit with the straps down. And I had squatted up. I, I, I oh. don't know how I remember this, but I squatted like five something uh, with a cambered bar to a box, like at Brian's gym. But that was my only experience in equipment. Uh, and we went out there. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just cut to 98, like, you know, two or three days previous, I put on a fucking, uh, briefs in the squat suit and I squatted 700 for the first time, uh, first time in a suit, uh, pretty easy. And I was like, okay, like I want to lift an equipment, fuck this, you know? Um, and I, you know, I trained out there for the week or whatever with them and it was a great experience. And then, um, I decided to do my first, that was in november or no that was in december and then in march i did my first full equipped powerlifting meet like so when i touched my bench opener at that uh multiply meet my first multiply meet it was only the second time i had ever touched in a bench shirt because i only had like two months to get ready for it so i went out did a meet you know i squatted (laughs) like 755 benched 455 i think i pulled like 640 and it was whatever, you know, Louie was there. We had, we had, had a, a relationship a little bit because I had been out there for that week and we, you know, we chatted and um, came back home, did a meet in New Hampshire and, and totaled 2000 shortly after there, like maybe a year after that, I totaled 2000, went like 850, 480, 670 at, uh, at 220, which was, you know, back home, that's a big total in New Hampshire at the time. Right. Um, and uh and shortly after that i i tore my meniscus at a actually at a hardcore show and um i had to get surgery on what squatting no is that it was at like a hardcore show like a punk rock show i tore my meniscus just oh, being oh, a dumbass okay. and um were you just jumping up yeah yeah you know that's, just, that's like I, I grew up in that culture like hardcore punk rock like that's like how i came up so going to shows was 
Who's your favorite band? Uh, at the t- it's actually one of my favorite bands that went to this band called Counterparts. They're from Canada, and, and it was you know it was it was nothing crazy, but it was just you know bad luck, and it hurt my knee. I had to get surgery, and um, so shortly four weeks after the surgery, I squatted seven hundred to a box, um, and uh, but yeah, so then we heard there was a there was a push pull in Ohio, and I'm still living in New Hampshire, mm. and we decided to go. You know, uh, me and actually. Um, my who would be my future wife you know we decided to to go out there and um do this push pull and you know brian was already out there and and lou said something to him about me getting a tryout and we were like that was not even on my list of things to you know like Uh i I didn't think that was a reality so we showed up lou asked me he's like so what you know what are you gonna do and uh I was like, well, I'm gonna. Everybody always sounds like that when they first. I was like, uh, I was like, well, man, I was like, I'll, uh, you know, I can. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bench five. I'm gonna pull seven, and then on Monday, I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna squat nine. And my best squat at the time was mm. 850. I just like hung it out there, dude. I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and so that's why I, I did exactly that. I did exactly that. I cut weight when we were driving to Ohio, spitting. I cut like eight pounds, the, like the final eight pounds. How did you do it? Uh, chewing gum and spitting. So, wow. Yeah. Cause I gotta see how low I need to go, like for real, and then like how much I gotta do some crazy. Yeah, it's. I mean, like <laughs> honestly, dude, like weight cuts. Cause I don't want to lose too much strength, you know. Yeah, but. there's there's like so many different ways to do it, and there's even if you do it perfect, your body can still just like fuck it up, and it can be terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, it just right. depends, you know. And so, um, so yeah, so we came out. I did that bench five, uh, pulled seven, and then you know two days later went to the to West Side and, and squatted nine. And uh, he asked me to do, he's like, oh, you should come out and do this meet we're doing in West Virginia. And I was like, all right, cool, I'm down. Um, so I went home and when we got home, Tommy, the guy who runs their front office, called my, my coach and my employer and asked if I wanted to come back out for Circumax. And I was like, oh mm. shit, okay. So Circumax on a Friday, I flew out Thursday afternoon to squat on Friday to leave Friday evening to come back. Like I like, you know, I got a, I literally That's took crazy. out a credit card <laughs> to pay for my fucking <laughs> flight because I was making no money at the time. And uh, so I came out, did Circumax. I think I, I did like six plates quarter with a blue and a green band. And uh, I just walked up to Lou and was just like, hey man, like uh, what do I have to do to, to train here? I'd love to train here. And uh, he just looked at me and he's like, oh, you want to train here? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, hey, you can just move out here then. So that was it. That was it was that <laughs> easy. So I said, uh, you know, I said, give me six weeks here. I'm going to do this meet with you guys. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, just to get my, my shit together. Uh, and then I'll move out here. And um, yeah, man, I, I did that meet. It was kind of a tryout meet. I totaled uh, 2105 at 220 and, or 2100 at 220. And um you know, a couple weeks after that, put everything that I owned into my fucking Prius, drove out here and lived on a couch for a little bit, you know? Um, so that was sort of it. You know what I mean? It was, it was kind of like one of those things where I just kind of asked the question and he allowed me to do it. And, uh, honestly, dude, like when Lou brought me to Westside, I was like, I was basically brought in as like a pawn to, to, you know, figuring it out later on. I was basically brought in to there were two guys to push, to push their squats. Like there were two specific guys that he brought me in uh, 
you know, cause at the time I was, you know, a pretty trashy bencher. My, my, my fucking deadlift wasn't great, uh, but my squat was pretty good. And so he brought me in to push their squats. And since then I've out squatted both of them by like over 200 pounds, but, um, oh, wow. but yeah, so like, it's one of those things where I was brought in as kind of like to be like the team player that like pushes people. Um, and then I ended up kind of, you know, uh, leveling up and, and, and going past those people I was supposed to, 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 to push. So, um, yeah, man, it was just one of those things that like, I basically, said fuck it this is like the only chance that i'm gonna get to do something like this you know at the time i was 30 and i was like man like i don't have at the time it's like you know like i wasn't married i you know i didn't have any kids i didn't have a serious job like this was the last chance i would have to do something this irresponsible is the thing i usually say so i said fuck it i moved moved (laughs) out here and, and and made it happen we're still in ohio now so um, what were some major changes from what you were doing before in your training that you changed when you got there? Uh, it seemed, you know, one of the big things that I noticed was we would do, um, now just to clarify, a lot of the stuff that I did when I was at Westside, I do not subscribe to any longer. It's just stuff that, oh, yeah, wow. it's just stuff that I did there because i was told to do it a lot of the stuff see the thing is like you know you're an experiment with lou he you you know what i'm saying so so, like you know i ended up getting uh, having a lot of fucking injuries when i was there but the i've always wondered that because i'm like yo i don't know (laughs) if everything he says will be good for everybody yeah yeah or to the degree or how much you know like sure maybe like 50 workouts i'm like oh shit i don't know yes Especially for big boys, that may not work no, out. Yeah, so so a lot of it's experimentation and it's kind of like survival of the fittest. And the culture there is very much like you're, you, you know, you get, it gets bred into your fucking brain that you are the baddest motherfucker on the planet. So, <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm hurt. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, right, and, right, and, right. And right. that is not advice that I would give anybody because that's a, that's a, like you want a little bit of that, but not yeah, like yeah. all the time and to that degree, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I can't, like yeah, like I would like to work out, but I'm like I can't imagine working out with these motherfuckers every day. Like yeah, yeah it's like, I'm gonna break it's down. Very, yeah, it's very <laughs> trying, but it made me a tougher, a tougher lifter, and and it, and it helped me figure out some right. stuff that I don't necessarily fuck with anymore. But I'm glad I did it because it taught me stuff and and whatever. So the big change to go back to your question, the the big change was when I was writing my own program and we were back in New Hampshire, I was just going straight off of basically book of methods plus any YouTube video right. that I would, that I would look. So when we would finish what year, what year time? Cause I know like, you know how the book of methods, that's like Oh four or something. Yeah. So a lot of stuff has changed. So like what time was this oh, when you shit. were writing your own? And then when you got to, so West we've Island? been in Ohio for now coming up on, I think this coming year will be five years. So it was like 2015, mm-hmm. 2014, 15. Um, okay. 2015, yeah. So I would basically, you know, on like a bench day, let's say, I would do, or let's say like a like a max effort lower day, I would do some sort of squat variation, and then I would do uh, belt squats, leg press, glute ham, inverse leg curl, uh, sled drags, reverse hypers, like in one workout. And right. when I got to West Side, it seemed like the volume was more so um, 
was more so now I'm thinking about it's 2016 sorry uh was more so directed at very specific things so like my first workout as a member there we did a two inch deficit deadlift and then uh I went into belt squat Louis said do hips like you've got no glutes do hip thrusts until you can't anymore and then do four four huh. sets of reverse hyper and then go home like wait now the hip thrust you're standing and just what leaning back and yeah then so basically basically, basically imagine up. imagine the position you would be in at the top like four or five inches of a sumo pull so it's like a hip hinge you break at the hips push back load your glutes and then come so like a like a demo deadlift kind of uh yeah but it Action? yeah yeah that would be but heavy uh, yeah it would be in a belt squat so it'd be like you know he had me load the thing up with bands and plates and all sorts. he was trying to fucking kill me um you know, like just see, like especially when you first get there, man. They want to make sure that you aren't a pussy. That's just because they don't. Right, you right. know how many guys go through there and say that they're a bad motherfucker and then don't last a week. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, right, right. So you know you can get through anything, dude. Like as a human being, like if you conv- like you can convince yourself of anything, and that can be good and bad. You know what I'm saying? Like you can right. it can be good and bad like you can convince yourself that you're the man that you're not but you, you can also convince yourself to get through shit that you probably shouldn't be able to get through so anyway yeah so it's basically like yeah if you picture like a sumo demo without the bar in a belt squat oh, so okay. it's like really glute focused and then uh you know tons of reverse hyper so it seemed like the the on lower body they it was more directed at just like specific things with tons of volume with that specific thing so like for me it was glutes glutes and low back um but uh yeah so so that was like the major difference between the two um and i think that the uh sort of less um structured like no one has a note no one had a notebook in there no one's writing down their sets and right. no one has any fucking idea what they did for dumbbells last week and, you know what i mean um so it's kind of one of those things where you, you kind of have to figure it out as you go if you go there and you have no idea what conjugate is you're kind of fucked you have to just find someone to follow because uh, no one <laughs> um what about your maxes did you guys write that down i kept a list in my phone that I still have. Right. So I always knew that because as a coach, the number one, the, the number one most obnoxious thing in the world to me is when you're working with a client and they're working up to a max and you ask them what their record is and they don't know. Sure. And it's like, yeah. well, how the fuck am I supposed to gauge if you've gotten any better? I can't tell. Like, I don't know if you got right. stronger. If you don't know what you did. So for me, I was always like super, super strict about like making sure I logged um, all that. And dude, I have... Buddy, I have all of my workouts logged anyway because I'm a psych. I'm a psycho with, with that. I just keep everything written down or in a file so that I know what the fuck I did. With your accessories, though, like how would you remember like exactly what you had did the last one? Would you just like work up and then be like, okay, this is a good way, and then just do your sets? Yeah, so that's kind of how I still do it, and that's what I tell people to do. So if okay. I'm planning on doing, let's say I'm planning on doing like four sets of pushdowns. Um, and we're using like whatever attachment, whatever. Um, I will just like, if the first set is too easy, I just don't count it. Ah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like the same thing that Bulgarians, you know, did like a daily max. So, you know, for them, you know, it might be like, you know, they're clean 
might be whatever, 300 pounds, uh, their best one ever. But on this random fucking Tuesday, their daily max is only 270. And it's like, okay, that's your max for today. And that strain was, was good enough to get the effect of a maximal effort. So it's same thing with, um, with accessories. It's like, well, last week I might've done 200 pounds for sets of 12 on pushdowns. And today I'm only doing 150, but you know, my speed work this week, we did a bunch of dumbbell work. My, my triceps are trashed from that still. So it's like, I just try to work up to a feeling more so than the number when it comes to accessories. You know what I mean? Um, who, uh, who have been your training partners when I was there? When I, yeah, and just your whole career so far. Yeah, you know, so like, at first I was just by myself, you know, and then um, my first mm-hmm. real consistent training partners were I had uh, this fellow named Josh. He was an older guy um, that had a little actually less experience than me when I was still training in a commercial gym that we we trained together. And then uh, my first like conjugate, you know, whatever was uh, <clears throat> that Brian Silfies fellow that, that owns one to one. And when I was getting ready, like some of my fondest memories of training was actually when I was getting ready for my first multiply meet, it was me and Brian um, and this dude named Dave Stevens, who back home, he's like, you know, done a lot of single ply stuff and he's an older gentleman. And he, they both just like centered their training around getting me ready for this multiply meet. And, um, that was some of like the funnest days of training because I'd go in and I would work from 6am to 10am. I would eat, I would eat, and then, then we would train and then I would take a nap because the gym was closed. And then I would go back in for like, you know, two to seven, um, for the rest of the day to work at the gym. Cause I was there full time. And, uh, so, so training with those guys was great. And then, uh, when I, when I left that gym and I was, Hello? back sorry i got a phone yo. call yo i don't know what happened i got i got a phone call and it like cut off um so yeah so uh when i left to just to pick up like with training partners and stuff when i left and i uh went to another gym i started training with um who would be my future wife valerie king valerie Oliveira, who is a badass multiply power lifter she squatted 705 um she's benched 429 um, um, but at what body weight? Uh, one ninety eight. Oh wow, she's a bad yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, Val Val is uh, a significantly more technical lifter than me. Uh, <laughs> she's, That's how the women she's, almost always are, though. I she's think. really she's really good. She she just did last night. We're like in off season. She did you know 
300 pound Cambridge bar. Good morning for a set of five. Like she's, you know, that's what I just did yesterday. (laughs) She's, she's strong as, she's strong as fuck. So, um, so yeah, I trained with her and, uh, this, this kid named Reed and we all kind of were just like these psychos in this gym. Like, um, just, we were just like, I don't know, man. At that point, it was like just all about lifting the most that we could. Like it was just like really a pure feeling of training. There was no bullshit. It was um, before anything like political with training was going on for any of us. So we just like lifted weights. It was great. Um, and then when I came out to when I came out to Westside, my my training partners at first, you know, I trained with. Um, you know, mo- most of the guys in the, in the in the morning crew at the time they were kind of in like a rebuilding phase. Hmm. Um, so when I trained there, you know, uh, Dimitri, who is the guy who used to do a lot of the uh, YouTube stuff for them, he's like this Russian guy. He's not there anymore. Uh, him, you know, uh, and then like I trained with Coker a lot as the years progressed, and Josh Connolly, and and there wasn't really like there were like little training groups within the building. Um, right. But it kind of like changed based on the day. Is there you know no I mean? midday trainer training no. crew? No, no. I think <laughs> not like, allowed. I think like the fighters go in there, but um, and like athletes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, towards the towards the end of my time there, you know, I kind of shifted over to the to training at night with Dave uh, Hoff and and those guys. Right. And um, there's a lot of like political stuff that goes into that whole situation. I can't really get into, yeah. but uh, you know. Ended up um, leaving, uh, leaving the gym, and then uh, you know Dave, Dave, Dave had me back, and 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 went into just training with with Hoff and um, with the night crew, and then uh, you know when all of us got uh, asked to leave, uh, we all left, and now now we train at uh, Doghouse Gym in Grove City, and um, right now the training group, uh, I don't want to forget anybody, so me, Val, Alex Kovich. Um, Dave Hoff, uh, Brandon Bergen, um, Logan Zecker, uh, Tyler Roy. Uh, those are the those are the people that are like in um, you know the uh, the WPO kind of circuit. Um, right. And then you know we you know Jeff and Jamie and and DB and and we have some other people kind of in the mix right now. And um, it's a great group, man. You know, um, Dave's the best. Do you guys use do. one? Do you guys use one monolith? Or you guys have two because that's a lot of different weights. Right and high use gotta be used. Yeah, so so that's something that I've run into in the past where um, people get really shitty about that, where they don't maybe they don't want to train with someone because that person uses a lighter weight for speed work or whatever. But hey right. man, like we're strong, we're big strong powerlifters, right? So hey man, if you if it's too <laughs> much to if it's too much to ask to unload a couple plates, then like maybe you're in the wrong sport. You, and you guys have like a big crew, so you can just do one plate each, and that's it. And one plate yeah, on. fuck it, dude. Like, man, I mean, like, man, we have when we do squat sessions, we've got everything from, you know, Dave's taking eight plates and change, and and, and then you know maybe someone, uh, you know, one of the you know one of the females or the smaller guys that you know taking two plates and three plates, and it's like, yeah, that'd be just, me. Unlo- <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're 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 unloading and loading those plates, and it's just what like, about the bands though? Now, how do you do in the bands? Is they on the inside, or do you put the bands on the outside for that reason? No, we use the same, like, so Val, everybody uses the same accommodating resistance. Oh. So, so, like, when we're squatting and we're close to a meet, we're using 240 in chain, so is Ooh. Val. Val uses the same fucking chains as us, same bands as us. She does speed work 
her, her upper body speed work she'll do against doubled monsters or 120 in chain like and what it does is she is strong as fuck at the top of her list <laughs> <laughs> so so basically the the standard percentages that you might hear the 25 percent kind of go out the window a little bit um yeah because for her what is it like becomes 40 to 50 percent yeah so what, she, so what does she do reverse it with the weight where the weight's 25 percent no, we act like the we act like the accommodating resistance doesn't. Oh matter. my god, y'all are crazy. So, <laughs> so like you know, I'm gonna towards, go over there and be like, yo, y'all gotta go with this shit or something. So towards the end there, I mean, usually Val's starting weight for uh, you know her speed work is you know three fifty five with whatever chain is on the fucking bar. So if it's two hundred in oh, chain, wow. then she's starting with two hundred in chain and. Um, yeah, man, it's like the 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 thing with the conjugate stuff, and I know that you're you know like big into like learning the system, teaching the system. Um, right. I think that people think about the minutia too much. They think about the little the, the little stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, um, for nine times out of ten, throw a fucking band on and work out. <clears throat> Right. Like don't don't overthink it. Like, you know, when you've got people who might squat, they squat 300 pounds and they're worried about if a single mini or a single monster is going to make a difference. It's like, no, no, at your, at your stage of the game, you need to just consistently train right. and you're going to get better. Just make sure that you're applying the knowledge you have, do the best you can, because uh a lot of times that the, like the small little things don't fucking matter if you're putting enough effort into it and it's well thought out you're fine but i feel like a lot of people get bogged down in like a lot of the tiny little details that um i don't think really matter as much as they may seem um what are some of the difficulties of using gear uh everything everything about it <laughs> so I think that, I think that I think that like with equipment, it's one of those things where, uh, so because you are handling more weight in training than you can actually, um, than you can actually handle without assistance, you have to be really careful about how you set up your training because you can fuck yourself pretty easy. Um, so that's one of the difficult things with training as far as physically using the gear, um, the movements, when you think about it, like how to do it is very simple, but it's a, it's a hairline, you know, you're, you're a centimeter away from eating shit and getting hurt. You know what I mean? You know, with, with one of those things, it's like with a squat. Uh, well, think about this. Like Lou talks about, um, you know, drag racing. It's like drag racing is pretty easy, right? You just put the pedal down and drive in a straight fucking line. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, except for the fact that if you come off of that straight line an inch, you're fucked. All right. So it's the same thing with, with gear. It's like, yeah, man, like when people say like, oh, the gear does all the work. No. Well, I hate to say it, dude, but if you do it right, the gear does do a lot of the work. It's just very right, hard right. to do it. It's just very difficult to do it right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure there are plenty of guys with the rotational speed and strength to have the bat speed to, you know, to hit a professional fastball in a baseball game, right? But right. there's a skill to actually hitting the fucking ball. 
You know what right. I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. so, so you can be strong enough and fast enough to swing the bat, but if you can't get, you know, if you can't, if you don't have the hand eye to, to get contact, then it doesn't really matter. And it's the same thing. Like you can be strong enough. You know, how many times do you hear, oh, wait till this guy gets in gear and figures it out and he's going to put up a monster. And it's like, yeah, he's got to figure it out though. You know, that's, it's, yeah. that's, that's part of the hard part. So I think that um, one of the most difficult parts of the equipment is after your first session in gear, you might be, let's say you're a 300 pound squatter, right? And you put on a pair of briefs and you squat 350, right? And, you, and you're like, holy shit, this is the best thing ever. And all of a sudden it's, you know, I'm going to squat 500. It's like, all right, let's just settle down. That's the hardest part. Cause it's like, it feels like you can do it. You can squat anything, but there's a lot of stuff in between 350 and 500 that has to happen for you to right. do it, you know? Um, so I think that the mental aspect of gear is probably the most difficult. And also you're doing something that a lot of people do not fucking like. So right. that's another thing too, where you could post anything. I mean, dude, like, you know, you can post anything and it can be totally awesome. And there's going to be people who are just going to say, fuck you. It's an equipment. You, right. you know what I mean? Cause they don't understand. <laughs> so I think that that's probably another difficult thing for people in equipment is realizing that, a lot of motherfuckers aren't going to like what you're up to. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? And so that's, that's kind of, you're not going to get as much praise as you might think you, you will. Um, what do you think the hardest lift is while using gear? The hardest thing in powerlifting is touching and pressing a bench press in a bench shirt. Mm. Period. The fucking end, dude. Uh, and that's not just for me. That's across the board, dude. Uh, if you, if you look at bomb outs and multiply meets, I would say 90% of them are on the bench press because yeah. there's just a lot that goes into it. Um, I think that benching in a shirt is probably the most technical of all three lifts, whether it's raw or in gear. Um, yeah, I suck at it. <laughs> it's very... Bro, I'm just getting, I'm just trying to put attention into it now because I'm not playing basketball. And, sure. Man, it is so tough. It's, difficult. it's, so it's tough. difficult, man, because it's also the difference is you can't just like get angry and go like full psycho yeah. mode. Yes. You have to be like, yeah. it's not, yeah, it's just not going to go. Yeah, it's not <laughs> the same go. as like athletics where you can like yeah. turn into this like alternate person where you're just like angry and fired up and that rage or excitement can get you through a game or get you through a play or whatever that intensity with equipment it's like you have to have that intensity but you better have it locked in technically or it doesn't matter how fucking crazy you go banging the, your head against the bar and all that shit like if you're not in good position you're not going to make the fucking lift and that's just the fact you know what I mean um, but I think benching in a shirt is probably the most difficult thing of all of it um, do you, uh, really believe that the briefs really help the wear and tear of the head from the squad? Yeah. Are you talking like for athletes and stuff? Yeah. Athletes or just, if you're a raw person to like do waves of doing it with the briefs. Cause I just, I just bought them. I haven't come in yet, but you know, I know Louie always talks about that. I just want to, you know, know for somebody that literally just gear. So you would know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what I usually will tell people is of course, dude, like, so if you're a, if you're training and you have no intention of ever competing, I would just get a pair of briefs to protect your hips in general. And, mm -hmm. and, and maybe just, you know, single ply ones or group briefs or nothing crazy, but 
I think that right. athletes um, athletes should definitely be wearing briefs at some point, especially in season, to protect their hips. Um, right. And then as far as raw people, what I tell them is this. If you have briefs and you want to use them every so often as a raw lifter, you have to understand that that's going to be a lot of overload. And with conjugate, we're already getting a lot of overload with the, you know, with the accommodating resistance and the top loads and all that stuff. So as a raw lifter, you have to place that stuff in there intelligently. So I would say, right. like, you know, maybe your third week of speed, put briefs on and add a quarter or a couple dimes to what you normally use. And what that's going to do is it's going to allow you to handle a little more weight. It's going to give you a little more of an overload with your speed work. However, now you have to realize going into the next week, you're going to be a little more fatigued than you're used to. Right. So you have to be able to adjust that. Um, I also think it's okay to use them for max effort work every so often. Like, you know, if you're going to pull a deadlift sumo and your groin's bothering you, you want to put on a pair of briefs. The issue is as you approach your raw meat, you kind of have to pull back on putting on the briefs. Right. Um, and it's funny because that's how a lot of people end up switching over, right? Because <laughs> that's how they end up switching over because they put the briefs on and then, and then we get closer to a meet and I'm like, all right, now you're done putting on the briefs and they want to put them on still. And it's like, well, I thought you were a raw lifter. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where you have to just be smart with where you put them. Uh, but I do think there's a lot of, I do think there's significant gains to be had when you do that. Um, because you think you get that above and below effect that Louis always talks about where like, well, the, the above the brief and below the brief is getting the work. So that's getting stronger, even though you're taking it off the hips. Yeah. I mean, bro, like my hips are strong as fuck and I squat and briefs basically exclusively. Um, wow. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but the thing is like, well, no, cause I haven't got mine in yet. So yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna find out. So, so yeah. basically like. I would say if you're a raw guy and you're putting in briefs and you're kind of dabbling in it, um, the smart thing to do would be to just wear them for, you know, once a month for a max effort. And I would say, okay. you know, every other speed wave, put them on for your third week and bump up the weight a little bit. Okay. So a good way to figure that out too, is just like for your max effort work, put on a pair of briefs, take a fucking free squat, take a bare knee free squat and briefs. And then you have an idea. So you're like, all right, I squatted 600 with briefs. Great. So now I know, and my normal squat is, you know, I squat 500 raw. So now I know on that third week of speed, when I put my briefs on, I'm going to take 60% of my 600, not my 500. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good clarification. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, what do you guys listen to when you're listening? <laughs> so actually, uh, uh, there's a uh, on Spotify. I have a bunch of playlists that are public that people can check out. So um, okay, yeah. Uh, so my my name on there is thirteen cold thirteen. So one three cold one three. Uh, there's like a night crew. Um, you know, we have like a night crew training playlist, and then we have night crew thrash, night crew hip hop, night crew eighties. So it just depends on the vibe, you know. If we're doing speed, be right, if we're right. doing speed bench, it's like we'll probably throw on some hip hop or you know, like the '80s, like pop stuff, because um, right. it's just like a little more fun, you know. Like right, right, right. But if we're doing, you know, if we're if we're squatting, like it's gonna be the playlist that's basically a mixture of like you know, metal, hardcore, rock, um, 
we don't really on like the heavy days we don't really fuck with hip-hop too much except for like very specific artists but for the most part it's like you know lots of metalcore and death metal and you know the standard stuff you know i don't i am not a fan of acdc but dave is so that gets thrown in there as well every so often (laughs) (laughs) um how often do you use your gear compared to lifted raw or like you said i know you wear briefs every single time but how did you actually put on the full squat suit and wraps and all that? uh so squat suit you know it depends on how far we are out from a meet i know a lot of people like putting on their gear a lot um yeah. i don't <laughs> right. uh, yeah that makes me i'm sad. not a huge fan of getting in it all the time but i don't land where you know lou will say you know well, you don't need to ever free never. you never need a free squat <laughs> you never need to but um i think that there's a big misconception with that because now following you, you coach athletes you train athletes and stuff? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So check this out. So if I have a – let's say I have a baseball player, right? So baseball player never has to free squat. It's not a sport. It doesn't fucking matter, right? So I would always have him go to a box. He doesn't have to bench full range because he's never going to have to. He doesn't have to bench with a pause because he doesn't have to, right? Unless you're doing that as a variation. Right. Um, and he never really has to deadlift off the floor because it's not his fucking variation. Right. And it's like, you know, if you think about uh, risk versus reward. But then, so you get all your training and your four-day conjugate split, and then what is that motherfucker doing on the other days? He's practicing his sport, right? His sport-specific right. stuff. Yeah. So I think the thing that gets that gets lost in translation a little bit is when you are a power lifter, like conjugate training conjugate is a lot easier if you're an athlete, in my in my opinion, because you can literally follow book of methods to the T. You never have to practice touching a bench press. You never have to practice a free squat. You never have to put on any equipment. You can just follow that straight front to back and then practice your sport on the off days. But as a power lifter, our sport is squat, bench, and deadlift with a straight bar two competition standard. We have to practice our fucking sport, dude. You know what I'm saying? So, so for me, like with my athletes that I, so I train, I train a little different because we're on like kind of an elevated, I'm not trying to be uh narcissistic or or whatever but like we're kind of at a different level than most people are with our training group (laughs) so our training looks a little different than what i do with my clients but as far as like your standard powerlifting person that's that's getting into equipment i would say briefs every week for uh speed work any max effort work that's not conventional is done in briefs uh bench shirt every six weeks um, roughly. And then, you know, and, and you get closer to a meet that might be every four weeks or, or, or three weeks or whatever, depending on how recovery goes. Um, and then, you know, squat suit every six to eight weeks. Um, like, okay. like, like full dick, you know, strap straps up, knee wraps on, like, you know, taking something, taking a weight. Um, there's a lot of people who get in their squat suit every week and hey man if i didn't feel like absolute hammered shit doing that i would i would want to do that but i just for me personally uh i don't like doing that and for my clients i like i think that you can get just as technical by bringing up weak areas um right instead of instead of just like killing yourself every week putting on a squat suit but there's been lots of successful people who do it that way so there's you know there's an unlimited amount of ways to you know skin a cat 
Um, do you go beltless for any lift or rotate it in and out? Uh, no, I actually have a pretty strong stance on that. <laughs> uh, I don't think that I don't think that beltless work is particularly good. Um, okay, I have my reason why. Why do you say what is yours? Yeah, so so I think that um, putting on a, like a belt is going to teach you how to pressurize your your trunk. You, you, right. you know what I mean? And you can. There, there was yeah. some study that said you can actually create more force with your abdominals if you have a belt on, so your abs actually get stronger yes. when you're on it. But my thing is this: if you do a beltless, let's say you did a beltless beltless deadlift wave. Let's say you did like I'm gonna yeah. go six months no belt on my deadlift, and your regular deadlift in competition is 700 pounds, let's say, and then you do a beltless thing, and then you test your deadlift and you pull 650, right? when you put a belt on that does not mean that you're going to pull more than seven it just means that you can pull 650 with no belt and you, you know what i'm right. saying because because learning <laughs> how to use a belt is a skill mm -hmm. and so uh you don't want to just throw that thing in the garbage like you wouldn't say oh let's i'm gonna practice running my 40 yard uh, sprint shoeless because when I put cleats on, I'll run it faster. No, you're going to fucking <laughs> put cleats on and run it. You know what I mean? Um, right. So I understand the thought process behind it. Um, but my thing is this, like if you want to train beltless, um, put your belt on and put it a click looser than you normally would. Um, I forget who showed me that, but it's a good way that you actually – if it's looser, you have to reach for the belt with your abs. So you're going to fill up harder right. and you're going to end up working those abdominals uh, more because you're going to be reaching to fill the belt. So I can see where that would have some carryover, but I'm not a big fan of being like, I'm going six months with no belt because to me, it just all that does is cut down the amount of weight that you can handle. Um, if right. you have weak abs, train your fucking abs. You know what I mean? Right. If you if you suck at bracing, uh, work on your bracing. Get get with someone like you know, Danny Sinjero or or Trevor Jaffe, and and work with someone who knows how to get you to pressurize your abs uh, properly. And then you won't have to worry about using like it's kind of like the meathead method, like take the belt off, make it harder. It's like well, we can make it plenty hard with the belt on. Believe me, you know. Hmm. Um, do you like, will you use the belt when you're doing just like heavy good mornings, even if it's not a max or heavy RDLs, heavy bent over rows? Yeah, I mean, basically if I feel like I need to put it on, I put it on. That's like that. That's yeah. That's, I'm at. that's my always thought for Cause I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm a, I'm gonna leave some off the table. Cause just in the back of my mind, well, I ain't got the damn belt on. Not if I'm doing like sets at 12 or something like that. Or like if I'm doing like a small workout deficit pulls for 12, but if it's like heavy good mornings for like sets of 10. Like, I'm just like, I know I'm going to do another 30 pounds because I know if I do a max good morning, I'm going to do another 40, 50 pounds. So, right? yeah, like that's that's just how I would. Yeah. Think and it. also, I think that there's like, um, I don't know, man. I think that that's another thing where it's people think about it too much where it's like, hey, man, if you feel like you need it, you should fucking put it on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> you know, there's, there's. Now, what about wrist straps and stuff like, like if you're a girl, you know, you can wear wrist straps, you can wear knee sleeves. Like I tell my clients not to put the, the knee sleeves or the wrist wraps until they're like 80 some percent and above. But if they're doing like speed work, I like, don't be putting on wrist straps for speed yes, work. But yes. that's just, I mean, if they have no injuries, if they have no problems. No, you, 
why I you think doing you're that right with you know? that i think that's the right way to think about it basically with my wrist wrap situation what i try to do is i try to push the um that berry the barrier so i used to not right. take anything over three plates without wrist wraps on and now i can take like four plates and change with no wrist wrap so uh, i just try to like push it a little bit um because you do want strong wrists but right, I would right, never, yeah. you know, but like, like you said, man, now, if you have like a wrist injury, then of course, but I'm, I'm not a fan yeah. of wrist straps for speed work either. I think that, you know, when it comes to like knee sleeves, now, if they're just wearing fucking regular ass knee sleeves, wear them whenever. Now, if you're wearing knee sleeves that yeah. take three people to put them on you, that's a different story. <laughs> right. You know? right. Um, for your, uh, max effort, do you do the squat good morning deadlift rotation or do you alter that? Like how, how do you, uh, so as far as what we do with, uh, <laughs> with night crew and stuff, I, I'm not going to, yeah, currently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like with that, um, I'm not really going to put out the specifics of our training, but as far as my clients, I could, oh, I could, oh, talk, I could talk about, I could talk about like my, my clients and what I do with them, which is slight, slightly, yeah, different. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I got to keep some shit close to the chest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, hey, I got you. I got <laughs> so, you. Uh, so like, uh, basically I don't do a lot of max effort variation squatting. Um, Oh, why is now is that because it's gear? No, I, I work with raw people. I'd say that like sixty to seventy percent of the people that I train are raw. Um, and so here's oh, my thing. Okay. So every fucking Friday, we're taking wide stance squats to a box for many reps. So I don't right. believe that we need to squat twice a week. Um it's a lot of wear and tear on the hips. It's a lot of wear and tear on the groin. Is that for elite people or newer That's people? That's for, I think. Like, or I would say for really strong, like dudes are, are squatting nine something, they're more beat up so you don't have a squat. Like if it's a foot, like me, I only squat five. Yeah, so like, so, would you still have no, me squat? No, so, so this is the thing, dude. Like I do, so like our max effort day is generally a, um, a, a variation of a deadlift um mm -hmm. and maybe some good mornings or a like a low box narrow stance type of thing um if someone is having difficulty with the actual like practicing of here's the thing i don't really i'm not really into having people take a free squat uh to practice squatting with like a variation if i'm gonna have someone free squat i'm probably gonna have them do it with a straight bar straight weight um or okay. or like a bow bar maybe and my thought process behind that is squats freak people out that's just how it is like squats freak people out and and they need to practice how it's going to feel at a meet so i'm more of a fan what about me with the bench? I'm not afraid of that damn you know, squat. I'm afraid of that bench decapitating myself. <laughs> Put the fucking base savers up and let it ride, man. Uh, it, it, you know, like with that, it's like with, with the so so with the squatting thing with like the variations. Basically, um, I think that you can get just as strong. So all of my people, I have a guy, I have a kid that I work with, Matt Clardy, and he has very kind of weird leverages. He's got long femurs, short torso, long arms huge glutes huge legs small upper back right well that's yes me. so that's so with him i was like listen man we're not gonna take any squat variations you're just gonna fucking deadlift like you're gonna deadlift you're gonna deadlift and then you're gonna you're gonna speed squat right and in the past year we've taken them from like 
a 590 squat to 700. And it's, you have to really trust the fact because, so listen, man. So if you can, let me ask you this. If you can get stronger at uh, your bench by going off of boards, doing rollbacks, doing pushdowns, doing pec deck, doing upper back work, right? Why can't you get stronger at squatting by just doing box squatting and then doing the appropriate um, accessories to bring up your free squat and then in the gym doing a competition style squat to work on that? Of course you can, right? And then also right. I'm a big I'm a big fan right. of like, you know, if, if people are having a hard time with that, clients having a hard time with that, I have no problem with them as a secondary movement on their deadlift day. So let's say, you know, let's say we do a two inch deficit, you know, plus chains, whatever. They work up to a max effort. Um, maybe the secondary movement might be a three sets of five straight bar free squat. Now they're getting to practice their sport, but they're not doing something that's going to destroy them for Friday. Because this, the conjugate system is based on Friday, in my opinion. The dynamic lower day is the, the most important day of the training week. So you need to be fresh for that. And then the other thing is, if I'm going to have someone take a free squat, I, I might have them do it. I probably have them do that on the dynamic day. If they're going to take like a squat variation, I'll probably have them do it on that. It just works better with like bench pressing and stuff because you don't want to be benching after you've had a bar on your back. It makes it difficult, makes it fatigue. Um, so that's another thing that I think that maybe um, – you know, has evolved from when Lou started putting out information uh, with the whole, like, it doesn't matter what variation you're doing, you should be able to recover from. Well, right. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, man, like, if you take our pin three rack pull against quad purple bands, uh, and then, you know, two days later, you get in a bench shirt and try to go to a one board, you're basically fucked. You're fucked. You're fucked before you, you fucked before, you know what you're I mean? Like, I'm sorry. Like, you, you know, like you're, you're basically fucked before the workout even starts. Um, because right. you're already, you're already, uh, fatigued going into it. <clears throat> um, how do you perform your speed work? Uh, when I mean by that, I mean, do you do like 12, 12, 10, 10, 10, 8, and are you doing like singles, doubles, triples for squat, bench, and deadlift? Like, tell me, oh, well, well, tell me what you do with your clients. Yes. So, most of the time, it's I, I used to do a lot of the five by five stuff that Lou had people doing, and I did use that. We did see a yeah, the we switch did over see, the because when you yeah, switch, we did the see a um, we did see a good you know stimulus from that, we did see some good results from that, but. I think that um, you cannot maintain speed through five reps at the, it's, yeah I, yeah, I mean, like some people can, usually small, like real small, short guys uh, can do that, like the real stout guys, but the big guy's not going to be able to do that too. I mean, like. What is considered small for you? Because you're around the 330 people. I'm, you know. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> I'm 230. Is that was, still small? I like, I don't know. The guys that could do the five by five with no real problem were like the 181s and the 198s, you know, that were, that were five, five, dude. You know, they, they and they were resting at that. Weight. Yeah. So that's the right. other thing too, is, you know, if you're doing a five by five, you can't have the short intervals. It's very difficult, but I, I like to do, you know, eight by three, 10 by two. You know, uh, 12 by two, I will only do on the first week. Uh, 
Oh, so you do quickly. So once you hit 55% and 60%. Oh, well, I actually, I guess I got to ask too. Are you guys doing more 60, 65, 70 straight? Or are you doing more 50, 55, no, yeah, 60? Dude. So my people will go the, the 50, 55, 60. I know there's been lots of like new stuff oh, that's okay. come out um, with like, you know, they're pushing the percentages and stuff. I Listen, I can only speak about my right. time when I was there. I can't speak about what they're right, doing right. now. I've just like heard some stuff and seen some stuff. I know they're pushing the percentages. But for me, um, 50, 55, 60 is perfect, right? So maybe every so often, right. um, you know, on that third week, I'll set them up to take something heavy. So I might have them go 60% for five doubles, 65% for two doubles, 70% for a single. Um, which will be hard, but they can do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like not going to fuck them up. Um, but generally, yeah, like, you know, if I'm going to do doubles, it'll be 12 by two, 10 by two, eight by two, you know, respectively through the weeks. And, and if I'm doing triples, it's usually, you know, same rep range, eight triples, uh, you know, sometimes less, sometimes maybe an extra set in there. Uh, depends on how far someone's out from a meet, but um, pretty standard. Like that shit to me doesn't really change. I'm not trying. What about for the deadlift? So uh, speed pulls, I usually have them do on a separate day on their max effort lower day. Yeah, oh. but if I'm gonna have them do, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, um, so here's the thing, man. Uh, I don't need to. Let's see if I can articulate this. I don't need to pull deadlifts <laughs> fatigued. To be to be to be right. in shape to pull a third deadlift, I just need to be in shape right. to pull a third deadlift. So if I'm training speed pulls, okay. I want to go in and train speed pulls. I want to go in and be able to give a hundred percent of my intensity to those deadlifts. Yeah, because I'd be feeling yeah, you're all fucked up, dude. And I did and that for pull. years. I mean, like straight up, like I would finish squatting. And I would literally step out of the rack and step over to the fucking deadlift platform and start pulling. And I did it for a long time, man. Mm. And uh, I think that some people can still do that. My thing is this, like, and people are going to, I don't know how people will take this. I guess I don't really give a fuck. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> I want to do and have my clients do the least amount they can to get better. Because think of this, right. dude. If you're dieting and you go all the way to a caloric deficit where it's like you've pulled like right off the rip, you're like no carbs, you know what I mean? Like low fat, like you just drop like way down like and you, and you take all the calories out and no carbs, whatever. Well, when you hit a plateau, what the fuck are you going to do? You already pulled it all out. You already mm -hmm. pulled every card you right. could. So to me, it's like right. if my – Work capacity is lacking. I'll add something in. But if I could, dude, if I could get away with going to the gym once a week and be as strong as I am, I would. <laughs> because right. that is the that is an equation for a longer career. And if you and right. me have the same total, and you put two hundred pounds on your total this year, but I put, and then you're done next year. You're retired because you're all fucked up. And I put 20 pounds on my total for the next 15 years. Who gets? Who ends up better? Me. 
You know what I mean? And so I try and look at it that way. So when it comes to circle back around, it's kind of a long-winded answer, but to circle back around, generally I don't have them do speed pulls after they do squats just because it's a lot. Like if I have them do that, it would be like speed pulls or speed squats, speed pulls, reverse hypers, you're done. That's enough. Um, Mm. On, on the speed pulls after the max effort lower, are you doing singles, doubles, triples? Yeah, so I actually don't do it after. I replace it with it. So. Oh, you replace with it with the, speed, the max. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they're. So, so do you not do them every correct. week then? Correct. Oh, yep, okay. Yep. Um, because, dude, like you're doing, um, you're doing sumo, you're doing wide stance box squats. And what's the number? So think about right. it, right? So think about what louis says about box squats what do they help your fucking deadlift so if i'm doing speed squats with a wide stance to a box and i don't do speed pulls for two or three weeks based on everyone's logic my deadlift should be totally fine Um, and we found that it's been fine you know i've experimented a lot with my lifters they're very very open and 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 cool with me trying different things with them and and i've also gotten i'm I'm in a kind of a unique um place where i trained by myself i trained at a west side certified gym i trained under louie i've trained under laura phelps and shane sweat i've trained under now i train under dave and i'm obsessed with this shit so i've read everything that you could possibly fucking read um and so i just like to take a little bit from each you know what i'm saying um and 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 i think that the way that dave trains with us with our group because dave calls the shots we don't fucking you know dave is whatever he says we're doing and i'm gonna i will fucking listen because he's the best to ever do it um so he calls the shots with that and 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 then i just kind of take stuff that i learned from dave and kind of apply it to what i think my lifters need based on what i've learned from lou and laura shane you know, whoever else, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right now, I've been really learning a lot of stuff that, that might be kind of different from, um, you know, Corey Gregory. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Corey, but he's another guy that I've kind of um, has been teaching me a lot of different stuff um, from his world, where it's more of like an athletic and, and bodybuilding world. And I'm applying some of that stuff to my guys, too. So I think that uh, more of the story with all that stuff is like just because – Lou said it doesn't mean that it's gospel just because, you know, Dave says it doesn't mean it's gospel. Shane said it doesn't mean it's gospel. Laura said it doesn't mean it's gospel. It's, it's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just how you apply those things to the training as a whole. Um, I'm a big thing with, you know, I said people get stuck in the minutia. It's like, I think people need to look at their training and stop looking at it with a magnifying glass and start looking at it from a fucking airplane above. You need to look at the whole thing. You can't just look at this week. You need to look at this whole month, this whole training cycle. And I think that that would help people um, sort of round out their training a little better. Um, uh, for the speed bench, what are you doing for sets of reps? And do you do that on that Saturday Sunday or Sunday? Sunday and nine triples, dude, all day. Don't, yeah, nine yeah. Always? Nine, nine by three, just increase percentage. Could yeah, be uh, well, the percentages sometimes are a little lighter than that. Um, a lot of times with, 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 with my people oh, okay. in my group uh, that I train, I go 35, 40, 45. Third, wait, you said 35, yeah. 40, 45? Uh, no, 35, 35, 40. Why 45. is that? Oh, that's the yeah, old, why that's is that? book of methods, bro. 
I thought it was, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, because you know what it is. A lot of my athletes, I do the the 30, 35, 40, sometimes 45, just because he would always talk about how they can't maintain the speed, usually just because they're not used to benching number yep. one and they're weaker. But I, I, but I know now that a lot of times they still do the, they do a lot of 50, 55, 60. Yeah, it's a lot of beat, beat but, you down though. You have to yeah. be careful with that stuff. So if I took, I mean, right. dude, I don't know what my raw bench is off my chest, but I floor press 515. So if I'm taking, right. dude, if I went off of that, man, and I went, 50% plus a monster. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm looking at 260, you know, plus a fucking monster band for nine triples. They're not going to be fast and they're going to fuck me up for later in the week. Yeah. What's your percentage for band or chain? I kind of, with my, with my people, it's 25%. Um, but I've had a lot of success with, with keeping the percentage the same sometimes and adding accommodating resistance. Um. Oh, so, how do you rotate that, or how do you decide? When uh, you it's just like a that? good variation, man. I like to keep things fresh. I don't think that there's a necessary like right wrong. I wouldn't do that close to a meet because it's kind of different. But um, mm -hmm. I like taking you know someone and maybe I'll go. So if their normal thing is like you know one thirty five plus a mini, I'll have them go one thirty five plus a mini. Mm -hmm. and then the next week one thirty five mini and one chain. Then the next week mini and two chains. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Um, because especially for people who are newer, it's not as intimidating looking because the fucking bar weight stays the same. Um, right, right. And they don't really yeah, know. They're like, oh, okay. It. I'll just, okay. You got yeah, a little yeah. chain on there. Um, and you can <laughs> do it with bands too. I've had people do, you know, mini one week, monster the next week, and then a, a mini with a choked monster on top of it. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of bed. You just gotta be careful. Yeah, that's a lot of bed. The bed, I'm not touching. I don't know. Man, we, did a, we did a, we did a we did a max the other night against double purples. That's a mother. That's a lot. Right, of well, y'all y'all benching two or three times. <laughs> doing, so y'all go. Y'all got fun with that. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with you my got, micro. Yeah, you, just gotta be, you just gotta be careful <laughs> yeah. with the bands that you're not fucking your shoulders up using them too frequently. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah, like yeah. with 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 athletes uh, rotating. I do change yeah. with my athletes. I don't really do band. I stop doing band unless if it's like a uh, like a high pin press yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If you if you know if low, you know nah. like um like if you have a like a like a an O line guy or a D line guy that has slow hands. That needs to work on getting his hands up. Yeah, I would have him benching against bands for speed. You know what I mean? Like, just bands no, no, no. By you itself. can do either, like you know, the normal stuff, like your twenty-five percent band with the with the whatever on a bar. Uh, but I would definitely work bands right, into right. that because I think that bands on bench are going to make you faster, better than chains will. Um, right, right. But you right, just have right. to make sure that they're a proficient bench presser form-wise before you do that. So. Right. Um, how much connective tissue? What do you mean do you by do? that? <laughs> you know, like uh, like banded hamstring curls for high reps, uh, oh, yeah, push I mean, downs, I've, I've rear delt fly, just that active kind of recovery every stuff. Every week for my lifters, they do that at the end of every workout, just like you know, hundred band push downs or hundred leg curls or whatever. Um, I don't do any extra workouts myself. I do zero x. I do zero. No extra small workouts. workouts. Do you suggest so, that for everybody? Uh, 
like me, like I need, I feel like I need a lot more strength, a lot more muscle. So I've been doing six workouts total. So like one small for yeah, each so, upper and lower. Uh, I would say, cause I used to, when I was at Westside, I was one of two people who did more than the four workouts. Um, and so, <laughs> I know. Louis always yeah, complains they don't, they don't about wanna, that shit. I can't get these yeah, weights. So I used to do shit. double sessions on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, so I'd go back in. But, right, right. Um, and then, you know, when I went down and was training at Sweatshop under Laura for a while, I was doing extra workouts on Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. That's and, what I'm doing. And what happens yeah. is um, if you have a – so if you have a reason for doing it, cool. If you're just doing it because you think you're supposed to, stop. You know what I'm saying? But I think that there's <laughs> ways that you can yeah. – um, like think about it this way. So Dave's girlfriend actually said this to me and it was something that got my brain, you know, really going was look at a bodybuilder. Now those guys are the most muscular people on the fucking planet. Correct. Like period the fucking end. They're freaks. Right. You think a bodybuilder trains his quads mm -hmm. twice a week. Fuck no, dude. He trains them once a week and then recovers for a week, then gets back after him. And as soon as she said that to me, I was like, right. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So what happened was. Um, when I stopped doing all the extra work, I, for a couple months, I felt a little flat. I didn't look as like jacked as I might've looked before, but that was just because I was fucking, I wasn't always swollen. You know what I'm saying? And the inflammation mm -hmm. came down. I wasn't right. as rickety as, as I tended to be. Um, and then over time I ended up becoming more muscular because I gave my muscles the time to, to, um, to recuperate and, 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 and heal. But I think that there is a way in your normal training that you can add that extra volume if you need it. So a good, a great example of this was when I was at, when I was at Westside and, and when I was at Lord's, I had a, a, a rule with myself. Anytime I get on the belt squat, I superset it with face pulls any fucking time. Right? So that mm. means I'm getting, four sets of face pulls extra a week. Now I'm not going to feel that, but over time it's going to build up, but I still have that extra day in between to recover from it. Do you see what I'm saying? So, uh, so with someone who right. like, like with females, a lot, I'll do this with them because they generally have a weak or small upper back and rear delts. What I'll do is I'll <laughs> talk about me. So, so, all right. So, so let's just talk about you. That'll make it easier. So let's say, um, you know, you, uh, so squats, let's say for speed work, let's say you're doing eight triples or let's say even you're doing 10, 10, 10 doubles, right? You have your warm up sets going up to that. So you've got, you know, three or four sets on the way up to that between every set leading up to your working set, do 25 band pull aparts in between your sets. So what that's going to okay. do, you're not going to feel that when you're training. And you stop doing it before you get into your working sets anyway. But if you've got five sets, you do that or four sets before that's four times 25. That's a hundred band pull aparts that you've just added to your volume that you're not going to feel. That's not going to fatigue you, but over time it will build up some musculature in your upper back. So now you do the same thing on upper body day. Like for sure. If you, tell if, me what if you're you doing, had to, it's so that's same not, thing. Like, I've never had to do that because my legs are fucking huge either way. Um, that's, so that's something that I never really fucked with, but, um, yeah, I've had people do that before where it's like, all right, 
So between your sets on your speed bench, because speed bench, you don't have as many warm up sets and there's just, you know, it's just nine sets and your legs right. can handle a little more volume than your upper body can. So, um, you know, between your sets, 20 light banded leg curls. I got no problem with that. And it's going to, you're going right. to just, you're going to recover from it. So you just do it with a mini or a micro. Uh, but over time that will build up. I just think that doing the extra, the workout stuff, unless you're like, wow, my lower back is fucking jacked up. I need to do reverse hypers to open it up. That I get. But other than that, right. like, I'm not really into just doing extra workouts just because. You know what I mean? Um, I think people have been successful right. doing it, but for me, that's just that's just not how it played out. So. Right. Um, what type of conditioning so, do you do? Uh, I don't take long rests between sets, you know? And that's basically mm-hmm. basically it. Um, right now. No, I, no I used to do a ton of sled work. Um, right now, I'm exp- I just finished saying I don't do extra workouts, and now I'm going to contradict myself. Um, right, right now, I've recently started <laughs> doing um, 100 steps of lunges every morning, um, 50 each mm-hmm. leg, walking lunges first thing in the morning. Um, and that has helped my conditioning. I mean, I'm only 11 days into it at this point. Um, but I don't feel beat up from it. I feel like it helps. It's going to help with my conditioning. My legs feel great. Um, uh, basically the way that I look at that is like, if I can't recover from fucking 50 steps on each leg, I need to, some of the boxes are not getting fucking checked. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's low impact, it's no big deal. Um, that's the equivalent of, you know, walking up and down the stairs a few times. But for me, I feel like doing it first thing in the morning, it helps get my brain going. That's another thing that I actually, this is all, I'm regurgitating stuff from Corey Gregory right now. Um, He's the one who turned me on to it. Um, And I feel like that is gonna help with a lot of the connective tissue um, and like glute and and quad development for me. Because something Lou is big on saying you don't need to train your quads. I would say that that's something that I fundamentally disagree with. Yeah. Maybe not as much, but I think you got to touch them. Because then what happened? What I found was like, damn, my quads are kind of weak. Fucking Bulgarians yeah. are kill- kicking my ass. Yeah, I mean, maybe have I you ever seen someone take a big squat that didn't have big legs? You know what I'm saying? You ever seen yeah, it's the same yeah. thing with direct pec work? I'm big on direct pec work. I think it's important. You ever seen someone with a fucking big mm. bench with small pecs? No fucking way, dude. It right, right, happen. right. What do you do for pec, your pec, pec work? Pec flies. Um, and, and, and that's about it. I start every session up, start, start every session upper or lower with a set of pec deck. Because I think that oh, it's wow. important to get those because, you know, the only pec injury I've ever had was from my deadlift. So, oh, uh, wow. you know, I think it's important to keep the blood in there and, and keep, you know, and warm those, those up because a lot of stuff connects where your fucking pecs connect. You know what I mean? Uh, that shoulder, like that <laughs> right. area is like a, there's lots of shit going on there. So I like to make sure that it's warm and I, I think it's important. You don't, you don't see many guys doing pec deck stuff at, at Westside um, for the most part, but that's something that Dave has really hammered into me is that you, you need strong pecs, dude. That's, you know, <laughs> motherfucker. Like you, you, like there's a reason why people with big benches have big pecs. So. Right. Um, how much reverse hyper do you do? And what is the most important thing? Lifters should focus on with hypers as far as you know, sets, reps, weight. I program them twice a week, a week for people. I 
in the past year, I have not done a lot of them, but I think that they're a big reason why my back is so solid because I used to do them like a fucking psycho five days a week, like, um, and just kind of created like a bulletproof lower back. But, um, yeah, I mean, four sets of 25, you know, three sets of 25. I think that it's important to change the intensity on them. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes do, um, for a new person, would you do as much as like four to five times a week? Cause I feel like that's broke. That is making my back feel better, stronger. Like my good mornings yeah. have gone up because of it. Cause I used to only do twice. Yeah, a week I and think I went on to the, four. on the, on the two like off days there, I would make sure that you're doing them uh, lighter and high rep. So on the off day, maybe two sets right, right, of 30. Right. Um, but besides that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy on those extra days, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with doing them if they make you feel better. So, right. Um, how often do you use the ATP? At least once a week, I would say. Um, even if it's just to stand in to get some traction on my hips, I love it, and I pro I program the fuck out. Of right, it. right, right, right. Like I, I put a lot of marches and, <laughs> and static holds in that thing. What about like uh, the straight leg style where you're just kicking out to the side for the glutes? Do you do that less in the marching or does it just depend uh, on the person? It sort of what depends on what they need. Um, I think that, like I said, that's like some minutia stuff. When I tell someone to do something like, you know, a like, you know, like for, for example, like with a back extension, like if their if their back is strong, like don't put it all in your back, dude. Put it in your glutes. Like focus on where, you, you know what I mean? Because you can cheat those things. Right. You just have to be honest with yourself. Where I train people online, I like I have to trust that they're honest with themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, so right. if you're glute dominant versus your low back, I mean, like, you better not be just like using your ass the whole time you're doing a back extension. Like, you should focus on your low back and set it up so that it hits that spot. You know what I mean? Um, and it's the same thing with the belt march. I think. Right. Um, how much time? Yeah, do just you, have you know, if we could wrap it up sometime, kind of quick. I gotta get, I gotta get some shit done today. But yeah, like if you got a couple, if you got a couple more, I can handle it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we'll just do speed rounds. Um, do you ever do belt squat? Like, I don't know if you have a belt squat at your gym. The, you know, like the Matt winning one or whatever. Um, do you ever do that for instead of barbell squats for speed work, a person's hurt or just to rotate? Uh, it just not really. Maybe as like a deload day, if I'm getting them ready for like a big squat or something, we can replace it. But I don't like use it specifically okay. for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, how much rest between max effort sets versus speed uh, work sets? So if it's if you're doing doubles for speed work, I think it should be short rest, like under a minute. Um, but if you're doing, mm. uh, you know, if it sets a five or three, like just go on your recover. That's another thing you got to be honest with yourself with max effort stuff. If you feel excited and ready to go again, wait the length of another song and then go. Because I, oh, like wow. at a meet, dude, okay. if you're at a fucking meet, there's 20 lifters in a flight. You've got at least 20 minutes between attempts. <laughs> How do you say, do you just do like some active like mobility or something in between to like not get, because I feel... I don't know, because I've come from moving, basketball, so yeah. I'm always, you know, moving and shit. So once I feel like no sweat is on me, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to miss this lift because I'm not yeah. warm. I know that's not really how it goes, I've but it's like a mental people, thing. I'm like, ah. I've seen people put, like, sweatpants on in between. 
Uh, to me, like the adrenaline's going. So right, like, right, right, right. By the time you sit back down at your seat to get ready to wait to go again, there's already been like five or six lifters that have gone. You know what I'm saying? Because time kind of goes significantly faster right. when you're sitting there. So I just tell people not to rush their max effort stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, your top three accessories for the squat dead and bench. Ooh, bench would be rollbacks, tricep extensions with a band. Um, and I like uh, like close grip push-ups on a bench, like diamond push-ups on a bench. Um, for deadlifts, mm-hmm. good mornings, uh, snatch grip, like rack pulls. I really like those. Um, hmm. how wide do you go? Cause I got, long yeah, yeah. Like not a, not a true to thing. form. I mean, you don't if have to do it. You can do them elsewhere, but I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah. long enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a block sure. pull. Yeah. Can you do a block uh, pull or whatever? And then, uh, hmm. for that, you know, maybe like, uh, face pulls or something like that i like that for for deadlifts i think having a strong upper back is huge and then for squats like dude box squats leg extensions and fucking hip thrusts big time those would be my big three how much core work do you guys uh, do i would i would say and what type standing abs two or three times a week you know maybe set to 25, couple sets of 25. I don't really hammer my abs probably as hard as I should, to be completely honest with you. But I would tell people they need to do at least one okay. ab movement per, uh, you know, per session. Okay. What do you do for a Sleep and eat, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we coach that interview, says well, that. what do you do for a how it sleep is, and dude. Eat? Like, is it <laughs> Is it laziness though, or do you really think like, all right, if you had all the time of the day, or you had the time, would oh, you no, be like, yeah, I get a massage, I get cryo, I get acupuncture, float tanks. float tanks are sick. <laughs> I've yeah, only been in it once. I, I like I think it, cryo yeah. is too expensive for like what it does. Um, yes, yeah. and dude, I just what like, it you is, know, yeah. for recovery, I like just you know. To going for a walk with my fucking dog, dude. Like, I don't know, man. I feel as long as I'm getting mm. enough sleep and I'm eating enough. If I feel un, if, basically, let me say it this way: if I feel overtrained or under recovered, I just push my calories and my sleep. So, <laughs> um, finally, what are your goals for your online business and apparel, and then the rest of your so, Um. You know, there was a time, bro, where I would kind of dull this down, but like I'm to this point where I don't really give a fuck with all that. Like my goal for my business is like, dude, I want to buy a big ass house and have a nice car. And I want to be able to like, I want me and my wife to be able to like go on vacation and do whatever the fuck we want. I think that there's a culture, there's a culture in powerlifting specifically and specifically in geared powerlifting where it's kind of like a badge of honor to be poor. And I'm just not, I'm just not with that anymore. I'm not with that anymore, dude. Like, right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, the wives I'm, ain't with that 35 shit. <laughs> years old. I'm married. Like, I want to make fucking money and I want to make sure that, um, I want to work for the rest of my life. I want to continue to help people and, and coach for the rest of my life as long as I'm, I'm able to, but I don't want to have to. <clears throat> You know what I'm saying? So I would like to right. yeah. expand my business as big as it can fucking get while still staying true to like my core values and what I believe it should be about. 
Um, and then as far as powerlifting is concerned, man, I've got a couple numbers that I really want, you know, that, that are the goal numbers. But when it comes down to it, dude, I want to have – my goal in powerlifting is to have a legacy where – I am thought of as a person who lifted huge fucking weights, but also was a positive, like left a positive mark on the sport when I leave it. So that's my, my biggest goal when it comes right. to powerlifting is my legacy as far as a coach, a lifter. Um, and, you know, I've made mistakes in my career with how I've acted and I've, I've worked really hard to, to change my reputation um, to one of positivity. And I think that for me, like that, that is probably the most important thing to me because like when you're dead and gone, dude, people might talk about your numbers, but they're going to talk about how you were as a person much more. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, so when you, when you talk about, um, you know, cause that's the first thing people say like, oh, he was strong, but he was a fucking dickhead. And you, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't ever want people to say that. Like I, my big goal for powerlifting is for when I'm dead and gone, people say, that dude was a strong motherfucker and he was willing to help whoever asked. So that's my big goal, man. Right. Um, well, that's all I got for you. Tell everybody where they can yeah, find for real. you. So my uh, my personal page is um, Anthony CW13. Um, and then my, my business page is trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate. Um, if you want to get coached by me, you can slide into the DMs or, or shoot me an email at triggerwarningtraining at Gmail. Um, and then as far as like the page and stuff, dude, like I put out free content every fucking day. Every day we do and we do mental Mondays. Right. I do a workout Wednesday. I got a podcast as well uh, that I put out weekly. Um, and, and yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me on and spending the time with me, bud. Oh man, it was it was real dope seeing them insights, man. I'm about to uh, text you about the uh, online uh, training because I've just been uh, wondering because now yeah, let I'm me know, man. Transitioning, so uh, yeah, bro. If you have any, yeah, I'm a little bit more interested now. I'll, I'm gonna text you right <laughs> if you to get off because you know I know you gotta <laughs> yeah, dude, you know keep dude, going. Dude, you know, yeah, I know. Like I said, thanks for having me on. Cool. Oh no, cool. no, it's a pleasure. Well. That's all she wrote, folks. This is the conclusion to this episode. Remember, you can find me on Instagram at K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D. You can find out when the next episode will be dropping. I know there was a big gap between this one and the previous one, but your boy did host a coaching seminar, Thanksgiving, and birthday, and all that. But, uh... I already have another one that I've recorded, so I will be dropping that one soon, so tune in. Remember, if you like the podcast, favorite it, thumbs up, share it with your friends, leave a good review, and remember, stay clean. Peace.